Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. Welcome, everyone, to the Sages Among Us. I'm your host, Brian Buckley, and I'm looking forward to the next half hour. Our guest tonight has a long and distinguished history in the community and has been called upon to infuse sage wisdom into the lives of countless individuals over the years. Retired Judge Frank Francis has spent years on the bench making waiting decisions about justice and the law. As a judge concerned with impartiality, he deliberately limited his other public involvements but he did serve for years on the board of the Gadotti Foundation, a major local philanthropic entity that has contributed generous and significant scholarship funding to many students over the years, as well as major funding for community organizations such as Music in the Mountains and Hospice of the Foothills. Since retirement, he's found a creative outlet in both travel and photography. A central theme, I think, through all of this has been his desire to be open to beauty, tragedy, and potential in all its forms, and to share his vision of humanity and possibility with others. Frank Francis, welcome to the Sages Among Us. Thank you very much, and uh, hello to you. Well, it's great to be able to talk to you, but I want to get one thing out of the way first. Do I need to address you as your honor? Well, I've been retired for over 20 years, and I didn't particularly like it then, so (laughs) you can be be comfortable. Uh, All right. All right. Well, then, let's start at the beginning. Uh, Where did you grow up, Frank? Grew up uh, in Ogden, Utah, where I was born, and then we moved to um, San Mateo, uh, here, close by, and uh, I lived there for uh, until I was about in the seventh grade. Uh, Okay. it um, It was a wonderful place to live, then. I think it may still be. Right, right. Uh, a lot less traffic in San Mateo. Yeah, a lot back less then. traffic, yes. <laughs> right. Well, um, in your growing up years or early adulthood, was there were there any factors in particular that contributed to the direction your, your life has taken since then? Well, one thing that kind of uh, went uh, deeply into uh, my process, whole processes was that uh, World War II was uh, right. We, I was there in 1941, and at the mm-hmm. end of the war, and all during that period of my life, it was living with World War II. So it kind of seeped into into my bones. I don't know how it affected me, but it was part of it. The other part was that um, in our family, my mother was very controlling of my sister and brother, but she. Uh, for some reason, uh, just let me go almost like Huckleberry Finn, and uh, and I, so I had a, a began very early a life of adventure. I'd, I'd be home in the evenings, but a life of adventure. And I think those two things combined uh, to chart the course. So, so were were you the youngest, since you were just tired of controlling no, no, everybody I, else? No, or? I was middle. 
I don't know why well, I, I I don't know why she did it, but it sure made a difference in my life. Yeah, oh yeah, I would think yeah. so. Did has it ever occurred to you that she just wanted you out of the house? Well, it may very well have been. <laughs> it may very very well have been. Uh, but uh, I was glad to be out. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a pretty idyllic type of childhood. You know, it's a similar question to to what you were just describing. But you know, if you as you look back, was there like a significant single watershed event in your life that that would turn out to be like a definite fork in the road for you and had a major impact on everything since? Well, later later on in in life, besides the early on uh, being involved in. Uh, a lot of adventures. Uh, I, I married my wife, and that was a, of course, an enormous and significant part uh, or change of life. And Absolutely. then, uh, then I, I went to. I was at school in Utah. We came to California to USF. That was a big factor. Uh, but probably the biggest one was the uh, appointment to the bench, uh, serving mm-hmm. as a judge for twenty years. Well, I, I there's your your response to the last question is is giving me two more questions to ask you. Tell us a little bit about uh, how you you met your wife. Oh, <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> we met in in grade school, and uh, wow. uh, when I came from, uh, we met in Ogden, Utah, and uh, her name then was. Francis and mine, of course, was Frank Francis, and they used to kid us and say, uh, "Francis, if you marry Frank, you'll be Francis Francis." Well, I didn't <laughs> see her then for years, and finally, after the army, I uh, came back to town and met her, and we we, we got friendly and got married. All right. Well, that, that's a great story, and it sounds like it was just preordained with with your name. Yeah, with the names, least. yeah. But every yeah. day we ha- have to explain it or talk about it or laugh about it. <laughs> and and uh, you were appointed to the bench by by Jerry Brown. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, there isn't much to tell. There's there. Uh, uh, I was in practice here and been in practice for 13 years, and there were maybe two other applicants, but uh, uh, I, I just uh, happened to be in the in the right place at the right time and and was appointed. Great, great. Well, um, one of the things that I'm always interested in hearing too is is how people who grow up uh, and begin their adult lives in many different places, um, end up in Nevada County. Well, what's your story that way? How well, did you end up the way here? that that happened was uh, I was working as a, I had graduated from law school and was working for, as an attorney for the Southern Pacific. And uh, my wife, Frances, was working in a hospital um, in San Francisco. And we decided we wanted to get out into the country. And she... I had a, uh, there was a patient in the hospital and that was from Yuba City or from, or from somewhere up here, or maybe Downeyville. Yeah. 
And she went okay. to her and said, uh, uh, we're thinking about going to uh, rural places. And there were two applicants, two places that, uh, that had applications. It was uh, uh, Marysville and uh, Nevada City. So okay. she said to the woman, uh, uh, which one? And she said, oh, my God, there's no comparison. And uh, <laughs> so we came to Nevada City. Harold Berliner was the one who hired me. I don't know if you know him. Yes. Uh, he he yeah. was a district attorney then, and I came as assistant district attorney. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I think you made a good choice. <laughs> I think so, too. Yeah. Of the communities. Well, you also spent years, uh, as we mentioned, um, on the board of the Gadotti Foundation. Can yes. you tell us a little about a bit about that organization and what it does or has done for the community? Well, William and Marion Gadotti lived uh, and worked here for about uh, for many years, and they acquired some money, and, and they didn't have any children, and they loved them dearly. They hired him to work on their ranches. And they also mm-hmm. loved their community. And when the last to die, that was Marion in 1980, a portion of her estate was placed in a um, in a foundation. It was about three million dollars that she gave then, and that uh, was, uh, as I said, 1980. Now I've been one of the trustees for over the 40 years, long time. So. So you were an original trustee, it sounds like. I was original trustee, and yes. Yeah. And other there are uh, five, four other trustees that are now uh, serving, but the foundation was given, has given away from that three million, uh, fourteen million dollars in scholarships, four million dollars to the community, and lo and behold, we still have about eleven million. So that's great. The market has worked so, well for us, and, yeah. and we, of course we're, we're frugal, and take uh, nothing. None of the trustees take anything for for whatever they do. Well, that's that's a great story, and and uh, you know definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Um, that, you know the foundation. Worth... One thing we do is every year, of course, we give. We've given uh maybe 4000 scholarships uh, no no not 4000 scholarships but i've read 4000 applications from kids <laughs> and uh that uh that's one of the highlights of my uh of my life to read the applications because uh for some kids are so deep and so um mm-hmm. profound that I th- I feel that they've kind of been my mentors in a way, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. the the and work has been very rewarding. Very rewarding, and I would imagine very time consuming. Again, if you're if you're yeah, looking is. at so many my so many applications, it gets, it's more time consuming. Right, right. But uh, I I know that those uh, scholarships are are very generous. I, I aren't they. Four thousand dollars a year for all four years that a yes. student attends. Yeah. Yes. So they're they're significant and uh, just yeah. what what a wonderful element to the community that you know well, the students are supporting. Were, were just I mean it was just a wonderful gift. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know it's it's it's, it's like the highlight of scholarship night every uh, every yeah. time. 
but we don't they don't do that anymore but yeah it used to be right right i right. guess it, i guess it was yes uh, you're listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR. I'm Brian Buckley, and we're talking today with Frank Francis, who retired as a judge in Nevada County and is now a highly regarded photographer. As always, you're invited to join in the conversation. If you have a question or a comment for tonight's guest, please give us a call at KVMR. That's 530-265-9555. Our engineer, Keith Porter, will take your call and relay your question to Judge Francis on the air. We'll take a short break now, and we'll be back with more in just a few seconds. Welcome back to The Sages Among Us. I'm Brian Buckley, and we're talking tonight with Frank Francis. He's a retired judge and current professional photographer. Frank, one of the things The Sages Show is intended, or is actually very interested in finding out about people who have been civically engaged with others, is what they get out of it. Obviously, you got a comfortable paycheck as part of being a judge, but as you look back on that part of your life, what kind of sustaining satisfaction did you get out of the work you did as as a judge? Well, the work of a judge is divided into uh, s- several uh, uh, areas. But uh, the first one, the, the protection of children and child custody and divorce and protection of the old, uh, the incompetent, and um, it, those have, have deeply emotional aspects and uh we heard i heard a lot of those cases and mm. you're given you're given the authority to decide some pretty heavy issues uh if your decision uh helps keep things going well then you get great satisfaction sometimes mm. you're disappointed but uh uh it is a work that uh is 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 close to your heart the the other one is just working with the law you know, the, mm-hmm. the law is the glue that holds society together. That's kind of the bedrock of, uh, of civilization and democracy. And just the beauty of how the law functions. And uh, sometimes it's very difficult, and uh, but it's very rewarding and satisfactory. Satisfaction to work with. Right. Well, and that's, you know, that it would, it's, it makes sense that, uh, since you're dealing with the law every day, that you would be sensitive to that that beauty and the elegance of of how the law can and and should work. You know, I, I've I've heard you know the role of a judge described as you know the uh, ultimate adult in the room, and uh, <laughs> <Hopefully>. you know, <laughs> and you know, did did you take on that role as as the ultimate adult in the room? Was that something that, you know, you felt uh, a responsibility of being? 
Well, I never looked on it that way. You had a certain amount of authority, and in, in, in exercising that, I guess uh, you felt uh, maybe elevated a little, but uh, that's kind of a, a mistake. Um, no, I, I don't think you necessarily feel like you're the adult in the room. You know that you have the responsibility mm-hmm. to, to to do the job, to be fair and, and uh, uh, impartial in those things. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you I could just hear it in your voice as you were describing your work with the Godoti Foundation. Um, but if you were to put it into terms of what you get out of it, um, what do you take away from your work with the Godoti Foundation? Because obviously what you're doing is giving away a great deal. What do you get from that? Well, of course, we don't give anything. It's not our money. Uh, It's the foundation. You're you're directing it, more or less. But, uh, well, as I said, it is, for the most part, early on we, we had a different setup when we were able to give a lot of money to the community, and of course, when that happens, it just does give you satisfaction per se. But the mm-hmm. other thing with the scholarships is that you not only are giving the money, but you're also reading uh, from kids who uh, are many, many of them, not all of them, of course, but many of them are very articulate. And in these applications, they're, you feel their hearts uh, and, and hear their... Um, hear their problems, uh, and some of them have grave problems and overcome them, and mm-hmm. uh, you're glad you can award them a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it, it sort of gives you a a sense of confidence about the future, you know, uh, reading yeah, about yes. and from all these, you know, amazing individuals. It, uh, it certainly um, does. Okay. Brian, Brian and Frank, it's just Keith in the studio, and we had a caller with a question. Can I relate it to you? Sure, please. Uh, yeah, the caller's asking uh, if you, uh, Judge Francis, do you contemplate or think about uh, past marijuana cases where people's lives were significantly changed, and um, how do you feel now that marijuana has been legalized to some degree and, and some of those things may have been pretty impactful on people's lives? Well, I know, uh, I know that I must have sentenced uh, a, a number of marijuana cases, but I... I don't remember them. I don't remember uh, uh, anything, anything that was sentenced that was particularly heavy. Uh, it, you know, it may very well have been because the old rules were were uh, were tough. And uh, but uh, I just uh, I, I think that the new the new. Uh, Approach is the right approach, without question. I mean, society says so. But uh, I don't really recall the old cases. Uh, mm-hmm. There's nothing in my conscience that is uh, there, but uh, if I knew the facts or could remember the facts, it may very well be. The, the, yeah, there's it sounds like there's not a standout case. You know, I would say no, think no, no. Over I can't the years, you know, uh, uh, yeah, a, a case has to stand yeah. out to to you know to stand that test of time. Yeah. But, you know, I've got a, a kind of a, a similar question, and that given that the term social justice has become quite a theme and rallying cry in our society, 
I'd like to explore the whole concept of justice with you. Um, having worked within the justice system for, for so many years, um, do you think your own concept of justice evolved during that time? Uh, it might have, but I'm not aware of it. Uh, I think that, I mean, you're talking about something that is, uh, although it's become enormously complex as a position in the, in society, the, the concept of justice is fairness, uh, equality, treating everyone uh, with dignity, and uh, realizing that you're uh, working with uh, with human beings and or deciding cases or whatever it is it's that balance of fairness that is there and, and i don't if you know i can't i don't know how that would evolve certainly it has right. nothing to do with social justice because uh, and the superior court um you simply take one case at a time you don't mm-hmm. have any overarching theory, and uh, you decided on the basis of the law and and the facts. Right. You know, um, you you mentioned a while back just the the elegance of the law and and the system, and I was wondering what your thoughts were um, regarding what what is the role of the justice system in our community? What role does it play? Well, it plays, it's the uh, kind of the backstop, uh, the, the glue that holds things together and and uh, helps uh, in the way that it has to to protect society uh, or to protect individuals uh, at times. Uh, but as, as essentially, it is the thing that binds us. It's the rules by which we live. And our job is simply to, uh, the judge's job is simply to try to discover it and to uh, fairly apply it. Fairly apply it is the big word. Uh, Brian, Brian, Brian and Frank, it's, yes. it's Keith again in the studio. Um, this is not a question, but we had a caller who wanted to thank you for your service on the bioethics committee at the hospital. And oh. I thought that might be interesting for you to say, what, what is that? <laughs> Yeah, that's at the hospital or the or, or hospice, because I'm on both. Uh, the, I believe the I believe this was related to the hospital, but uh, okay. I, I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? That's that's the ethical for the hospital. That's the ethical. That's the board that uh, that sits to decide uh, and to help uh, people decide what to do in tough cases. Uh, they come up in, in the hospital um, and to uh, to give some support to the people who have the big decisions to make and to help them with that. And that's primarily what that board does. Sounds like uh, having been a judge would be a, a perfect background for a member of that. Well, it is, but board. you have to be careful because you can you're just one member of of the group, and you can't exert that uh, too strongly. Right, right. You know, before we're we're done, Frank, um, I'd like to talk a little bit about your travels and your photography. Okay. And I understand that both are integral parts of the other. Um, yeah. What is it that that drives your photographic passion, and and how are your travels so intertwined with that? 
Well, there was a couple of things. One thing is uh, that, uh, as I've talked about before, was kind of a sense of adventure for for the part that I'm talking about with photography, where I went into mm-hmm. the uh, to the world that was mostly untouched by Westerners. Uh, it was the um, it was adventure, which had which uh, uh, also required that I go uh, on the kind of on the lowest level uh, to mm-hmm. remote places, uh, to travel with a sleeping bag and tent and so forth, and then um, so that you could touch the people. And then the second thing is, uh, and just as maybe more important is that uh, you have the camera and. Uh, it is uh, even more compelling in a way. It draws kind of your heart and mind uh, towards light, and light, mm-hmm. uh, you know, has a kind of a spiritual dimension. Um, when I was in Bangladesh, where I've got this show coming up, and I wrote something that says about light. That says light plays on the rivers, among the objects, the fishing nets give the most exquisite display. I wonder whether the fishermen are aware that as they move their nets in delicate light that they're creating something sensuous, ethereal, and subtle. Every morning with river mists was the divine time, a time of softness, radiance, and mystery. And I said, my hope is that I caught a small part of that display with these photographs. So that that light was the was one great compelling drive. And uh-huh. as, as I might have said, that, that means I, I went to, you know, the Sahara, the Himalayas, um, the Middle East, all through Africa, the four countries of Africa. And then in the last 12 years, I was on small boats in Myanmar, um, Three trips, three or four trips in Myanmar, and then in Bangladesh, two trips, and uh, and in Assam on the Brahmaputra River. Those were all boats where I was the only Westerner and slept toe to toe with the crews. So that was compelling and interesting, and 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 definitely uh, the adventure, sort of. uh, Yeah, yeah, that's total adventure. Yeah, that 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 ties your. Your youth and your retirement uh, together quite well. Uh, do, do I understand there's an exhibition of your work coming up along with Steve yes, Solinsky's in Sacramento? Yes, gallery on May 11th. Uh, to, it begins on May 11th uh, and uh, to uh, Saturday, June 4th. Uh, so it'll be up at that gallery. That's in Sacramento on J Street. It's a it, with I'm with another local photographer, Steve Selinsky, mm-hmm. who who you probably know and who is a real professional photographer, <laughs> and uh, and so it's going to be a delight to do a show with him. Yeah, it looks like a. I actually went online and uh, was looking at it. It looks like it'll be a great show. It, will there? Will you be there at an opening reception? Yeah, there's two days. There's the the first. Uh, the opening is May 11th, and then May 14th is the Saturday opening on J Street. 
So it, it. Th- that's when the crowds come, or if there are crowds going, then still going, uh, and uh, and it, that's part of more of a party than the than the opening. But the opening is May 11th. Okay, okay. You know that we don't have much time. Uh, I've got a lot more questions for you, but I, I think I'm just going to focus on this this one, um, and that is you you've lived in this community. Uh, a long time, um, and you've seen changes come and go, things, improvements, things that might have gotten worse. If you had a magic wand that you could wave over the community, what would be one change you would make? I don't think I, I don't think I would make any change that I know of. I I, I mean the the community has uh, was. Wonderful when we came. It was uh, um, and has grown part of our part of our lives, grown with us. And and new people are here. I would like to have all my friends back. You know, I'm 88, and most of them have died. But but uh, that's it. I, I think the well, community now is wonderful. That's that's an honest answer and a sweet answer. And Frank, I want to thank you so much for spending the time with us this, uh, this evening. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Brian Buckley, and you've been listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR. Thanks to my guest, Frank Francis, for sharing his story tonight. Finally, thank you so much for joining us this past half hour, and even more for everything you do to make your part of the world a little bit better.